All right. You can be seated. As you can see on the screen, uh, there's several ways to give. You can text to give. Uh, you can download the church app and give through the app, or you can write checks and mail them to our post office box. All right. I think uh, we are actually up and, and going now. We're live uh, on Facebook Live. So now that everybody's gone off to do something else, uh, because we weren't, <laughs> we are. So um, here comes Nolan with the handy dandy podium. So um, it should be recorded. Um, so you can tell your friends if they snoozed and didn't see it because they thought it wasn't going to be there, they can see it later. A um, couple of things I wanted to announce uh, that are Riverstone Kids related, things that are going on. Uh, we have playgroups on Wednesday afternoons. Becky wanted everyone to know about that. Uh, one of the things that, that was asked for when we asked our people, you know, what do you need? How can we help you during this this time, one of the things that people asked for were, were playgroups. And so on Wednesday afternoons uh, from 1.30 to 3.30, you can come up here and, and have, have that time uh, with other people who have children. Uh, if you don't have children, don't show up here for the playgroup. That's, that's not what that's for. Okay. Um, September the 5th, there is a block party, and that's from 5 to 7. And, uh, and then on September 6th, we'll be reopening the RS Kids uh, portion of uh, <laughs> Riverstone. So uh, got that to look forward to. Get ready. It's going to be fun. And uh, I know Becky and her team have worked really hard uh, to get ready and to make that happen. Oh, we're, yeah. There we go. Who's clapping? Okay, perfect. Fantastic. All right. Okay, we're going to read today... Uh, from Mark chapter 4. Last week, we were uh, the first part of Mark chapter 4. We're going to pick up at verse 21. We left off last week at verse 20. And so Jesus is still, still speaking and, and sharing parables about the kingdom. And he says this, he said to them, do you bring a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Jesus, we pray uh, that you would speak to us this morning. We, we want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. And uh, we recognize today that there are things that, that you want to say to us. Uh, and we need desperately to hear from you. And just as you taught uh, your disciples, we pray that today you would teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so if you've been here for a few weeks, we've been talking about things that Jesus did to take his disciples deeper. And uh, one of those things was that he taught them. And, and so last week we started looking at things that he taught uh, his disciples. And the first thing we, we looked at was the, the parable of the soils uh, where Jesus teaches them about the importance of learning conditions. 
Uh, he teaches them that it's important to learn, it's important to receive the kingdom and receive the message of the kingdom and to grow in that. And Jesus talks about the condition of soil and how that has an impact on whether or not uh, you are able to grow. He shows them or, or calls their attention uh, to the relationship between uh, soil and growth. And, and the reason that he uses that image is because they understood it. Uh, they knew uh, what he meant by fertile soil or good soil. They knew the difference between good soil and bad soil. And so that's why he uses that image uh, to communicate his point. Now, here today in verses 21 through 25, he follows that teaching up with a teaching on the purpose and the importance of receiving the teaching, of receiving his teaching. So in verses 1 through 20 of Mark 4, Jesus is talking about how to grow. He's talking about how to grow. You know, you have to have good soil in order to grow. And then in verses 21 through 25, he talks about why. Why you need to receive the word and grow uh, in the message. Uh, and again, he uses a parable uh, to teach them something that they need to know by using an image that they know. So he takes something that's familiar to them, a lamp, and he uses that to teach something that is not so familiar to them, uh, the importance and value of growing in and sharing the message of the kingdom. In verse 21, he says, you don't light a lamp to hide the light. You light a lamp so that its light can be seen. Uh, he says, you don't put it under a bowl or a bed. Now, the word that's translated bowl in this particular passage is a Greek word. Uh, and some translations uh, say basket. Um, but the Greek word is modios, and it actually means a bushel container. Uh, and they would understand that. It was something that was common in their culture, a, a bushel basket. You know the phrase bushel basket? Well, this is a bushel container. And Jesus is saying you don't light a lamp and then cover it with a bushel container. The bushel container would, it wouldn't illuminate the light. It would completely eliminate the light. Uh, you need to understand that. It makes sense. And he also says you wouldn't uh, put the lamp under a bed uh, the word that's used here uh, is the Greek word klein, uh, K-L-I-N-E, and it means a, a small bed. It's not the kind of bed necessarily that you would sleep in. It's a small bed or a couch. It's one that you would actually recline in while you were eating. And, and typically, they were not raised above the ground. And so, again, you're going to lift up a mattress, slide a lamp under it, and put it back down. And, and the light is going to go away. And so he's saying that you don't light a lamp and then do things that cause it to go away, to cause the, the light to be lost. Now, in the New Testament, the word light uh, has several different meanings. Uh, in this particular context, the word light means the message of Jesus concerning the kingdom. Now, there are other places where Jesus says that we are the light, that, that we are the light of the world. Uh, we are only the light of the world, though, when we carry the message of Jesus concerning the kingdom. 
So in this particular context, the light is the message of Jesus. Now, the Jews knew that a Messiah was coming. They knew that. Uh, they knew that he was coming to rescue them. He knew, they knew that he was coming to redeem them. They didn't really understand who that would be or how it would happen. And so Jesus, in this early portion of his ministry, as he's beginning to teach his disciples and teach others that are gathering, he is beginning to make the who and the how known. He's beginning to reveal the message of the kingdom to the people that come to him, and in particular, to the disciples. Uh, the nature of how this is going to happen requires that Jesus teach his disciples to spread the message. Jesus understands that he's going away. Even at this point, even before he's arrested, before he's convicted, before he's put on a cross, Jesus knows that he will be going away, and so it's imperative that he teach the disciples to share the message after he's gone. And so this is the beginning of that. The parable of the lamp emphasizes that God's purpose is to make the message known. God's purpose is to make the message known. It also shows that those who receive the message are to share it with others and, and not to hide it under their bed. Now, when I was a kid, I grew up in a, in a big family. There were six, six of us, six children, two adults that acted like children a lot of times, but there were eight of us, so in the household. And uh, my mom would go to the grocery store every Friday and we, you know, as kids, we lived and died for Friday because, not because she was buying bologna and things like that, but because she would buy cookies and, you know, other treats. And my favorite snack that my mom would buy almost every Friday were Dolly Madison chocolate-covered cake donuts if you can find those still today, you can bring those to me. You sure can. I will make good use of them. Dolly Madison cake donuts, chocolate covered. Now here's the issue with them. You know, it comes in a box of 12, and they're they're really, I would call them mini donuts. They're not real big. And so you really need to eat two or three of them, you know, to suffice. There were six children. There's only 12 donuts. And so my practice was that when my mom came home from the grocery store, I would volunteer to help her put away the groceries. And it just so happened that my idea of putting away the Dolly Madison donuts was to hide them under my bed. And so every Friday, I would get a box of 12 Dolly Madison cake, chocolate-covered donuts, straight upstairs to my room, under my bed. Usually by the end of the night, I had eaten them all. <laughs> now, the reason that I did that, the reason that I hid the donuts under my bed is because I didn't want anyone else to have them. I wanted them for myself only. Now, hopefully... I'm a little more generous now 
If you bring a box of those donuts, I might let Melissa have one. But you understand the idea. You understand what Jesus is saying is that if you hide it, if you receive the message and you hide it under the bed, it's because you don't want anybody else to know. And it's contrary to the value of the kingdom. If we understand properly the value of the kingdom, we will want to share it, not to hide it. So in verse 22, he says, hidden things will be exposed and brought into the light. And as he teaches about the revealing and the sharing of the message of the kingdom, he indicates uh, that it has been hidden until now. And so Jesus is, is indicating, he's letting the disciples know and he's letting the others who are gathering know this is a message that has been hidden. And he says, you know, things that have been hidden will be revealed. And so he is going to begin to reveal a message that has been, for the most part, hidden because it wasn't time for it to be known. Now, he's also, as he's revealing it, though, he's revealing it gradually. He doesn't just come out first day and just throw the whole message out there. He has to share it gradually um, because what he's saying is for those who get it, those who can get it. Uh, and in, what he is saying for those who can get it is that it's time for Jesus to reveal God's plan. Now, there are certain people that he doesn't want to speak about it. He doesn't let demons speak about who he is because they'll just throw it out there. That they know who he is, and they'll tell the whole thing, and it's not time to tell the whole thing. And so you'll see many times Jesus, when he casts out demons, he tells them. He forbids them to speak because they know who he is. And he only reveals the full message to the people who trust him enough to really want to hear what he has to say. And so you see this method. He, he speaks a message to the crowd in a parable and some of them get it, and some of them don't get it. And then he pulls apart and brings the 12, or, or maybe some of the, the friends of the 12 who are closer to him, who have expressed their trust in him and their willingness to follow him fully and completely, and he shares more deeply with them uh, the truth of the kingdom and the full message of the kingdom. So Jesus knows that the more he reveals, the more opposition he will have. He also knows that the ones he shares the message with will carry it forward. Jesus knows, even at this point, that the disciples, the 12 or, or the 11, actually, will be responsible for carrying his message forward and communicating it to the world. They, they will be the first fathers of the church. Uh, and he knows that, and that's why it is imperative uh, that they take his message seriously. And so he says in verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully what you hear. Verse 25, he says, some will get it, some won't. Some will get it. He says this, says it this way, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And, and when we read that verse, it's kind of 
hard to understand and it almost doesn't make sense unless you remember that this is a part of his teaching about the soils. He's still, this is still the same discourse, still the same time he's with his disciples teaching. He's taught them about the importance of soils. So if you remember that this is actually a part of the soils parable, it makes perfect sense. Those with good soil, what's given to them will increase. Those with bad soil, what's given to them will go away. That's, that was the parable that he taught about the soils, is that everyone receives seed. Seed is thrown everywhere, and, and all sorts of people receive the seed, but only those with good soil are able to keep it, allow it to grow in them, and produce fruit. And so the seed that falls on the path or the seed that falls in the busy places, those who are blinded by the ideas and the values and, and the shining lights of the kingdom of this world, the seed will go away. Even though they receive it, because again, I'm not talking necessarily at this point about those that fell on the path and was snatched away quickly. I'm talking about the ones that Jesus identifies as people who received it, but the, the cares of the world uh, the busyness of life, the weeds and the thorns that he identified, those who are captured more by the things of this world than the things of his world, the seed will go away. That's a pretty eye-opening thing. Even the seed they have received will be lost. So what does all this mean uh, to us? You know, it's just four short verses. What does it mean? Number one, it means that the message of Jesus is absolutely the most important message that has ever been spoken. The message of Jesus is absolutely the most important message that has ever been spoken. And secondly, it means that it absolutely requires a response. The message of Jesus requires a response, not a nod, not a wink, a response. And the response, the only response that is adequate is a bow or a kneel, a surrender, a commitment. It's not a ah, kind of, sort of, maybe. It is an absolutely, yes, I'm letting go of everything else to take hold of this. As we said last week, it's not Jesus saying, add me to what you have. It's Jesus saying, have me instead of what you have. So the message of the kingdom requires a response. Not just a, hmm, okay, but a response. A response of, I bow before you. You are truth. You are Lord I surrender to you. I'm not in charge of my life anymore. You are in charge of my life from now on. Third thing we know about this is that it is, the message is too important to keep it to yourself. 
It's too important to keep it to yourself. In fact, I would say that not sharing this message is a clear indication that you don't really understand it. Not sharing this message clearly indicates that you do not understand the truth of the message or you don't understand the value of the message. Because based on what Jesus is saying, we have to be able to see that only those who hear the message, receive the message, and allow the message to germinate, explode, grow in them, and produce fruit, only those will remain. So the message of the kingdom is, is this. Jesus' message is the greatest message, it's the most important message that's ever been spoken. And that message is that the only way to have life is to put your faith and your trust in him, to repent of your sin, to say yes to Jesus, to his death, burial, and resurrection, to say yes to what he did on our behalf, and to commit and surrender our lives to him from now on. And we recognize in that that everyone who does not do that perishes. And the responsibility of sharing that message has been given to us. And so if we do not share the message of Jesus with others, it's either because we don't care or we don't understand. And if we don't care, we obviously don't understand. And so the truth of the message is it's the greatest message, it's the most important message that's ever been spoken. It's been spoken to us, it's been given to us, not so we can take it home and hide it under our beds, not so we can put a bushel basket over it so that no one can see it, not so we can sneak around and hope nobody notices that we're different and peculiar, but so we can live openly for him, both in our actions and in our words, so that the world will know. Because those who don't hear the message, receive the message and allow it to grow in them will perish. And so not sharing the message is a clear indication that we don't understand it. And that's why Jesus says in verse 24, and this is maybe uh, the most pointed statement in verses 21 through 25, verse 24, he says, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully what you hear. What Jesus is saying is, we're not playing around here, guys. We're not playing around here. This is real. This is serious. Focus on this. Listen to what I'm saying. Consider carefully what I'm saying. Because it is a matter of life and death. Now, let's pray. Jesus, your, your message, your invitation is life. And, and without it, there's only death. You said it clearly. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we recognize and we acknowledge it as a, as a church and as a, as a body of believers, we acknowledge that the only way 
to have life is to put our, our trust in you, to say yes to you, to say yes to your invitation to be our King, our Lord, our Savior. Not just our buddy, our King, our Savior, our Lord. So we choose again all over today to surrender to you and to do what you say. I pray, God, that you would find us from this day forward living a life of obedience. And we recognize that a part of that obedience, a huge part of that obedience is sharing the message with others. We don't want to hide it. Lord, I pray that we would not be found to have hidden this message under our beds. It needs to be shared. The world is lost without it. In Jesus' name, amen. Mike.